you like conversation on a variety of topics? Feel like no one wants to talk about the things that interest you? Tired of only hearing the same political, sports, or catastrophe talk? Yeah, we feel that way too. Join two high-functioning geeks as they discuss just about anything under the sun. We can't tell you what we'll be talking about each week because we don't know where our brains will take us. It will be an interesting conversation, though, so hang on and join us. Here comes the Relentless Geekery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there's 20, 20 different places you got to change. It's just yeah, the app, the system, et cetera. It's weird. I, it, we've talked about, I don't mind an app being self-configuring, because when I go in, I just want it to work. But then right. when it doesn't clean up after itself, when you leave the app, doesn't return it to previous settings, then you got to trace that out as to what did Zoom do, what did Zencaster do, et cetera. Right. Or, or one app uses the default and another app, you have to set it manually. And which is good because I can use, I've got two or three different mic choices between my headphones and this and the camera. Right. And, but the thing is, it leaves it open. Okay. I got to change it there too. Yeah. And it's, it's funny. It's a, it's a different world in terms of before you'd set up your computer system. And no matter whether you're working on gaming or spreadsheets or whatever else it might be, you didn't really necessarily change your speaker's microphone, right? You know, between apps and stuff like that. Before we get going, because we got a lot of things uh, to catch up on. Um, one of the things we didn't talk about last week was the Boba Fett trailer. Did you watch that? I, honestly, I have not yet, and I don't know why not. I just, it, yeah. it, I, you know. Well, what, what, did you, what did you think? I haven't seen it yet, but I don't mind the trailer. I don't care. Yeah, well, <laughs> and, and not so much spoilers because they don't reveal right. a whole lot, but. It's going okay. to be interesting because Boba Fett basically takes over Jabba the Hutt's domain and he's running okay. the criminal underworld. And I, I don't know, there were just a few little scenes where Boba Fett's, he's trying to get everyone to cooperate and get along, which is weird because he always struck me as the loner and big tough guy that he, it, but in the trailer, he's like, all right, everyone settle down and let's work together type thing. And I'm just like, that doesn't seem right. Yeah, I don't so that's an interesting observation. They are making, by doing all these branches of the Star Wars mythology, it's very cool. It's not only the heroic branches, but the villains and the, yeah. the mercenaries and whatever else it might be. And I guess the Peter principle that the guy might really be a good loner, but then when he has to be in charge, I, I was happy just me and my ship going from planet to planet, right, right. offing people, right. <laughs> as opposed to now trying, having to worry about the budget. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I don't want to prejudge it based on a minute and a half of some clips for a 10 episode series or something but exactly. i was just like oh we'll see what happens but today obi-wan kenobi trailer is supposed to drop so interesting that's okay. another good one yeah it's you know just a blanket statement somehow the star wars thing is not my top priority you know what i mean everybody has their favorites not even that silly battle between star wars and star trek but just there's so <laughs> many comic book things that i care about and so right. much other stuff that somehow i even though it's like right there to click on i'm like oh but this just i wrote i want to finish writing this over here and then it scrolls off my screen and that's a big problem nowadays is that things vie for your attention like by the millisecond yeah. and if i pass something by I'd have to be continually taking notes. And actually, it's funny. Apple, their system, latest system upgrade has a little thing where you just you know, pull your cursor to the bottom right of your screen and a note-taking thing pops up. And I've started to do that because I really do have all those stray little meteors. That's really, I don't have to put this in the to-do list, but I don't want to entirely forget it. And it maybe it's a link. Maybe it's just a note to myself. But then that itself, Colleen and I just had this conversation that 
some part of keeping a list is its own task. Its own own. <laughs> right. And I tried to say it really works for me just in terms of the things I don't want to forget. I don't know that I make a list and I rank them A, B, and C, and these are the important and et cetera, et cetera. But just once in a while, especially when there's um, timely things, I want to get tickets for a show and the on sale date is Thursday. And if I just get into the flow, da, 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 and you blow past it's oh, the penalty yeah. for failure is high. You know what I mean? That was a bad miss. And so I give myself in my calendar or various other places, just little ticklers so that I don't have to remember 50 things. I've already remembered it once and I made it so that it will talk to me back. And Apple has gotten really good about its notification systems where it, it allows you to set up whatever you want. And when you want to get prompted and it allows you to turn things off. So if you really need a concentrated block of time, you can say, don't interrupt me unless it's really important from family emergencies or whatever right. it might be. And again, the act of tuning that is its own task. <laughs> but what I've discovered is that it really, I did maybe, I don't know, an hour worth of adding things, moving them around, deciding on it. And now my life is just that consistently an hour better, more than an hour better. It was worth the investment of time, kind of like writing a macro. This enough times that I really want to automate it and then have it break when something goes funny. And so there's any number of things that I just redid manually, honestly, dozens of times because writing the macro was just like, but I don't need it. I don't, right, <laughs> I don't right. have to have this automated. I just had my iPad update last night, so I haven't even gotten the chance to look at the new 15, but right. it, it's almost overwhelming because I've got a, a sticky note app and I realized, oh, I've got 47 sticky notes. That's it's r ridiculous. I've got right. my to-do list, to-do list. I've got my calendar on my thing. I've got my phone with reminders and the Google Assistant. So if I want to just say, hey, Google, remind me of it. And it almost becomes too much and you forget where things are sometimes. <laughs> so you, and you just named it when I try to consolidate. It's like, no, I really do have things that are specific to Google Assistant, that are specific to an existing calendar program. And I don't have one list. I have five lists. Am I going to try to coordinate them? Am I going right. to try to? There are times when in the morning, the first thing I do is just bop in and out of various different things to refresh. What's my task for the day? What are the things I said I'd do this week, but it's now Thursday and I really should. And, and then after a while, it's if in my heart, in what I really want to be working on, not only urgent, but important. If it doesn't come to me, the top three things should always be in your forebrain. You should always be thinking of those. <laughs> and a lot of those things, as you they're not what I want to be working on, they're what somebody else wants. Yeah, yeah. And so when I start playing with that, well, if I did these things so I could get tickets or I could go to this party or whatever else it might be. And then so many of those other things are just like, I, I don't want to be, when I first had to get a pager, it wasn't a smartphone. I hated being on a leash. I hated being where someone could call me and I was somehow obligated to call them right back because all they had was a number. There wasn't even enough characters to say right. why it might be. And any number of people that paged me for nothing, I really gave them an earful saying, my life runs on uninterrupted time a lot. I need to be able to focus when I code, when I write, et cetera, et cetera, to develop your sense of, is this really important? It's not the comedian. So, oh, Al will know this. I don't want to look it up. I'll just ask Al. But you can't fuck with me like that. You right. can't steal from me like that. And so I had a number of people that like they never paged me after that because they didn't want to do the work of deciding whether it was important or not. And they took it as being that Al is a surly guy. And it was, no, I really just my work style is not waiting for your right. call. You know what? And, and, <laughs> and the, the 
one of the okay so they say a sign of high intelligence is clutter and disorganization so that goes against the whole to-do list calendar sticky pads reminders because it, it almost goes right into the whole let's make it more disorganized by organizing it <laughs> that's true and it's funny i i totally agree wow my desk has stacks of, of everything everywhere and it really is why are they all projects that are in progress and so i really want to keep them where i can just all reach out and touch 10 different things <laughs> in some cases it's i like my little distractions what do i have i have my my little furry knit ball that has nice colors on it so i want that and i got my pretty rocks it's funny we hardly ever do this bring props into the picture oh it's show and tell day <laughs> exactly that here's my uh cool dragon egg that i got at an art fair or something like that so my little here's and i know I've, i showed this before here's the cool one a day puzzle and i have yes. you know this one because it's got but i i don't mind having those things around because i really do want pretty art i can see it. the kind of art that i like is almost always like cool repetitive patterns here's another little cat's eye thing but it looks like jupiter and without going into it a ton it those don't distract me i think everybody does this after you've seen something 10 times you don't see it again you tune it out whereas i the kinds of things that i have around me are mostly for convenience like i want my printer right next to me i don't want to have to get up and every time i have and nowadays it's that has changed when do i really print something yeah i know. You know it used to be that it was so in some ways i've hemmed myself in because i have to have a place <laughs> for my drink and for where i put my phone when i'm not using my phone and where do my vitamins go because i take my vitamins multiple times during the course of the day with various different meals and so i think that all that it has worked itself out things get pushed back when they become less useful they actually get buried when it's like okay i got a color printer as well as a black and white printer but when do i print things off in color when i'm working on my christmas letter otherwise hardly ever and so it's no wonder that it dustifies. Yeah. You know what I mean? When I have to pick something up and it's got dust on it. So let that be a, a note to you, Al, that you haven't touched this in so long. And it gathered dust. You could put this right. in an organized place elsewhere. Absolutely. You know, I mean, you know where to find it. You don't want to just bury it. You don't want to know where to find it. Oh, well. Well, for okay, for show and tell, what I got on my desk, while well, I got some yes. junk and crap, I've got <laughs> Stephen King and his dog Molly for my inspiration. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> and then I have a cool little Star Wars music box that Gina got me. It plays the melody. Oh, that's great. <laughs> um, anyway, that's my stuff. Um, there we go. So if there we're go. doing show and tell. We got oh, a cool little, here's a, I got a oh, black background. because It's a puzzle where you have to get this spiky Sputnik out of the cage. And the things are seemingly exactly the same distance, but they're not. And so it's a cool little 3D maze type puzzle. I have to show off. Did you my, 3D print that or here's uh, a Thor's hammer? And of course it's magnetic. So that's where I can oh. keep my paper clips. That's it's like magnetic. Awesome. Oh, put that right next to your computer. You know what I mean? Well, right, right, right. <laughs> Good plan. And actually, a quick aside, do you remember the first time that they had a MagSafe attachment to your computer? In my mind, I was like, how who came up with that idea? All my life, I was told, no magnets nearby. Don't blank out your floppy disks. Don't affect your, right. your computer gig itself. And now they're actually saying, we know enough about magnetic fields that if it's three and three quarters inches away instead of three, then it's safe. God, you know, what? I it still weirds me out to be like, a magnet is like waving a, a Bunsen right. burner around. No, open flame bad. Don't do that. Yeah, yeah. I'm There's so many. It. 
<laughs> you get a certain age where everything you learn gets stuck and everything that changes is like, huh, I don't know about that. And the kids are then. Exactly. Yeah. Like you said, I made reference. Oh, no, don't put it back near a floppy disk. And every kid in the world is what grandpa? Yeah, yeah what's you know what I mean? Like, don't put a flat, you know, don't you mean an iPod? Don't you need if you want to date yourself, just talk about an iPod instead of a smartphone? Well, and I'm two generations worse than that. I, I thought it was weird looking for a computer and trying to find one that still had a floppy drive. Now it's hard to find them with a CD drive a CD or DVD. Drive, a DVD drive, exactly. It's I, I got my super drive that I think handles all the current standards and actually can burn to the various different CDR, CDW, etc. Did I get that right? But it's also just uh, when they come up with a new standard, I don't know, I was able to do um, new hard drives, by that meaning solid state drives, by swapping them in and out. In the old days, it would have been, oh, yeah, you're going to need a whole new box because the connectors that we have to use are different. Yeah. And nowadays, they've actually been able to do all kinds of cool backwards compatibility that they invented a bus connector that not only thought of now, but really did think generations into the future and had throughput that it wasn't making use of that the future would use. And it's cool to see where they have so that smart firewire, right? Like that, you know, and, and, and of course that it's industry standard, but then someone does firewire B yeah. and, and give it a different name and a different platform. So wait, is that thunder or lightning? No, it's not either of those. Is it USA, a USB, ABC, right. and, and Wi-Fi standards and that kind of stuff. And I like knowing that stuff. I like knowing which has better error correction or whatever, more parallelism. And yet, like everybody else in the world, I just want it to work. It looks like it goes into that. And as you oh. every USB connector, it's only got two ways to go in. How in the world is that I, without looking, choose 80% time wrong? Wrong one. It's like it toast. That way. It always it's lands on the butter. <laughs> exactly. And then what's funny is you put it in, doesn't work. So you flip it over. That doesn't work either. So I had it. The, the problem <laughs> I have is at times without realizing it, it got crushed just a little bit so it's not fitting and i have to straighten it out a little bit right that 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 thing of having to adjust pins in a, an old you know a oh. nine pin or a 15 pin connector that was itself i don't know oh yeah any hands and stuff like that but if i do this and something breaks off i'm just gonna be like oh man the, i number, don't want to go find a new cable the number <laughs> of times people brought in a computer because either the serial port or the video that they couldn't get in so they jammed it the wrong way and then it bent the Oh my gosh. Can you straighten this out? Yeah, probably not. How so, many generations of connectors were there where someone kept saying, what we have to do is eliminate pins. Let's find a way to put it in a plastic housing, but it's, it's so it can reach the signal, but it isn't. People don't have the ability to fritz it up out of misalignment or anger or the right. I, I don't remember you. Scotty ever fumbling with that. We still got ways to go, I guess. A, <laughs> is so, there any alien civilization that doesn't have a spaceship that we can take over with a laptop? Better stuff, right? You know, Jeff, Jeff Goldblum style, Will Smith style. Right. You know, it's like <laughs> oh, oh, geez, yeah. I love that movie, but you got to just okay. I'm just going to suspend some disbelief here. We're, right. We'll go with it. <laughs> um, okay, so. I wanted to, I told you I wanted to do a Raspberry Pi update because I talked about Raspberry Pi when we first started and I mentioned Absolutely. it every now and then, but haven't done anything. And since it's show and tell day. So okay. here is one project. You love the looks of that. This it's is not, yeah. just a Tupperware container essentially, but I've got my Pi in there. It's got a camera and I had to cut out the hole and it's got a motion sensor. So okay. this is my trail cam and it, it works and it's got room. I've got a battery pack I put right in there 
and it's pretty self-contained. It takes tupperware, so it's like weatherproof. You know what I mean? Mostly, so yeah. Like exactly, no exposure to the elements besides the hole for the camera. And I even yeah. put some rubber cement around there, which I found that rubber cement exactly. really okay. difficult to use. I don't remember that from when I was a kid. But <laughs> it, it was a fun project because I learned some Python. But I set it so that I could do exactly what I wanted with taking a picture or video. So I can tell it, take a, if I see movement, take a picture, and then how long I want to wait. If I wait uh, five seconds and there's another one, take another picture, but then only wait three seconds. If I get another so get one. Movement across the lens as opposed to a little snout, and then by the time you nothing. do it again, it's gone. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then yeah. if I, it, I the sense movement again, it starts recording video for 30 seconds. And then at the end of the video, it snaps oh, another picture and starts that whole loop over again. I put right on the picture, the date and time of when it was taken. And it names the file that, which a lot of those trail cams don't do. And okay. I also had to put in so that it detects, it's got a clock internal. So what day it is, and then about when the sun rises and sets, so it won't be running during the dark. When it, exactly. Okay. And then I've got an infrared one. For nighttime, yeah, and that's the opposite time, but the same type of function. And I can adjust. It was a fun little project to get all that work. That's very real world because it's not only, hey, I'm going to code something up. You have to be considering what's my environment? What are, what is, what's the time of day? Right. The, I don't know, the weather factor. Very cool. And yet that how much power am I going to have? I'm not sure what the battery pack. The, People don't have any clue about how long things can really last because right. they just plug it in each night. Whereas you want it to run overnight and maybe unattended longer. Days, will it last? And yeah. I know with what I've got, it lasts about uh, two days and then it's pretty much dead. But I turned off a bunch of unneeded things in the OS because I don't need the graphic interface running and I don't need all the interrupts for that and stuff running. So I turned all those off. So I think that'll help a little bit with processing power. And I'm trying to find out how to, like at night, power everything down to a low mode with just the uh, thing checking what time it is uh, exactly. and then coming back up. And Colin said, why don't you see about turning everything off during the day except the sensor and flip it back on? I'm like, okay, I got to see how long that takes and yeah. stuff like that. It's a whole bunch of things. You can do what you want. But I do have in my wish list, wait list, a, another battery that's designed for the Pi Zero that it sits right on. So it takes up a lot less room. And yeah. then I'm getting a solar panel to hook up to it. So it'll keep it more charged and see how well exactly. that works. That, so. Again, the trade-off of, I want to have something that blends into the environment so that animal, animals aren't like spooked by it, but also some animals are curious and they want to come up and see what this new thing is. Right. So how are you designing it so that just that it, it retains power, but okay, I'm going to be in a thatch. I can't count on how high do I have to go with my little solar panel to be able to get right. just all those real world trade-offs, what people have lost when everything is virtual. You know what I mean? It's very cool. Okay. Yeah. So the second project I have, you ready for this? Yes. It's my cheese box. <laughs> I have in here a portable computer and it, that's the screen. It's like a five inch screen. Uh, I use this little keypad, which fits right in my pocket. It's no bigger than my phone. And I got a hole cut out for the power. So if I take the lid off, oh my God. I've got the pie inside with the cord to plug it in. Okay. And literally, I can run the whole thing just carrying this little box around. Yeah. Uh, it's not even a Velveeta box. It's a generic Velveeta <laughs> it's box. A, 
Yeah, even better. Um, Aldi's box or whatever. Yeah, obviously, the type is really small, but I can adjust resolution and stuff. And this is not a finger type keyboard. It's a thumb type keyboard, but right. I can take this pretty much anywhere. My, my goal of what I want to use it for is when I do author stuff and I want to work with kids, one of the things is talking to kids and parents about using the Raspberry Pi, because not only can you write with it, it's cheap. So parents aren't concerned if a kid's go destroy it. It also right. keeps them away from bad things like viruses and stuff because they don't run as easily on it's there. Exactly. And okay. they have to learn a little bit. You have to put a little work into getting the pie running. You have to put a little work. So they're learning little computers and that exactly. type of stuff. So it's multifaceted. Control yeah. over their environment. You know exactly. What I mean? Very yeah. Cool. Okay. So I, my goal is to write a whole short story or something using just this to show people, hey, this, you can do it. It's practical to do. See, that's very cool. It Honestly, one of the big things that COVID-wise, there's been no maker fairs. There's yeah. nothing more wrong for something where everybody, you want to touch everything. You want to be near people and like, okay, get in here and look at what I'm at. It's, I'm, I miss those terribly, even though I don't know that I'm a, I, I was never like, some people go there every Saturday morning. They go to the makerspace and and just see what's going on and goof off and contribute and stuff <laughs> like that. And I don't know why I haven't done that because I really am. I've always loved tinkering like that. And yet, so just that, I'm looking forward to when COVID is less, to actually starting to do that, to returning to the maker fairs that would go on. Right. Right? Like, how did I discover? Oh, man, that's the coolest way to do that solves this puzzle that does Christmas lights. That right, uh, do that, Pinewood Derby Hot Wheels way, a supercharger way where they can run not only on gravity. And every time I saw how ingenious that someone found a way to put a little computer in something the size of a, a cheese box, a matchbox, it's just amazingly that, cool. That so. my for the next year, my my Raspberry Pi programming goals: two things. I want to get a 3D printer so I can print custom cases for this stuff, especially the trail cam thing. But I also want to actually, what we talked about, do Christmas lights and program something with Christmas lights and see what all you need. I know you need other equipment and there has to be a board and you have to interface. light sets. Yeah. Things like, okay, if I start off with, I don't know, hundred by a hundred, there's a certain amount I can do, but if I want to run it in, along my entire fence, then I need 400 right. by hundred. And how much money am I willing to put into this? And do I know that they're good for even North Ohio weather, not California weather, right. and stuff like that, you know? So right. I, but I, I really, I want to do it. When I, right. Whenever I see the cool, um, Colleen and I have driven to see this cool Halloween display, the big skeleton busting out of a house, right. the cool Christmas lights and that kind of stuff. We, we actually were scheduled next weekend, as a matter of fact, to go. We're going to see Kansas and Marietta, as I think right. I mentioned. But that also puts us within striking distance of Ogle Bay Resort, which were last year. It's a whole resort made over with Christmas lights. Yep. They have something like 100,000, a million. Yeah. This number of lights. And I I am always in awe of the creativity and the craft that goes into it. It looks just right. There's a whole topiary uh, uh, set of reindeer or something like that. And then they're blinking so it looks like they're moving. I want to be able to do on my own small scale cool things. Something, yeah, that's you what know, I want to do. Have, my snowflakes are not stationary. They move on my fence as if the wind is blowing them and, i just so much want to do that <laughs> and everybody does like lights to music i, I want to try and see what i can come up with something different and i don't know what at the moment but if you have a sensor i can sense movement so it have a row of lights and it follows kids running back and forth 
or what would that be when people walk by it's stable until someone is close and then it turns on the display that it's not always constantly running but that you get the reward for yeah walking by it or something like that something i'll think of it <laughs> or colors detect colors like your black shirt or something yeah, uh, and speaking right. of the maker fairs biomed that my kids went to my cousin's grandson is going to biomed he mm-hmm. is in the lego robotics group and they are going to be at the um, library tomorrow and there's a whole yeah. library or a robotics thing going on and like a train set up and all sorts of stuff so some yeah. of them are coming back. a long time ago when lego first started to make its its programming uh, ability then people there were there that was right at the time with napster and other things where there was the two camps about are you going to have open source are you going to attack it for violating copyright patent etc are you going to embrace it because it makes more people aware of your brand or it makes more kids get into the field or whatever else it might be and i always admired lego for saying we don't really care of clamping down on this we right. want it to be that lego is like when kids learn lego that they have it with them for the rest of their lives it's a way to get lifelong customers generational customers it's a way to get people to say look at how cool this is the guy's got a a functioning death star yeah like oh built with legos bing 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 you know yeah. doesn't that put legos it, in a great light it, it's the places weren't like that they clamped down and and yeah terrible battles you know what i mean instead it, of being sure it's, it's <laughs> the old school thinking as opposed to the new school tiktok or concert thinking they clamp paramount clamped down on all the fan fiction and all the fan movies for star trek perfect example and, and, and nip that incredible underground movement yeah. in the butt or at least even if they didn't stop it they, then it was uh, there was a hostility going yeah. on. And, wow, I was a fan until my love got turned into now it's forbidden love. And, and now, I, now you're going to come after me. I'm going to get a shitty letter in the mail. Come and on. all the the artists who have their music on TikTok, a lot of lawyers went, "Oh, you can't use that. That's our music. It's copyright." Blah blah blah. And they cut cut things out. Now a lot of artists are finding, hey, people hear other people dancing to that song 300 times a day. And they go and buy the song. That's oh, yeah. crazy. They don't. What's funny is that uh, press of which, what's the reality here? Do they steal it or do they eventually go and buy it? There's people that no matter how much data has, that has come in that says it really is a lost leader. And it really does get you bigger crowds at concerts and more sales of your albums. There are still some people that are staunchly, nope, I want to get paid for every, I want old ASCAP BMI rights. I want old, you know what I mean? Like they, they can't get with that it's not giving it away it's uh um brand awareness it's network yeah. effect you know what i mean you're not it, it isn't there sure is a, a certain amount of piracy there's been a terrible amount of piracy over the course of time where it's an institutional thing in let's let's call it indochina but there are whole places where it isn't that kind of thing of how can i make a cheap copy and make money by selling it it's more no i want to include it in my fan video and if i have to like that my enthusiasm for you your music your character it wanes because yeah. i don't want to fight i just want to do this cool thing so their inability to distinguish how terrible you want to don't go after the cool fan kids go after the oily what well, how'd you get a hundred thousand copies of the latest star wars movie out on the market that looked like the star wars movie but it you go after those pirates right i, I don't know i i zero tolerance is um, a pretty ridiculous policy in virtually every environment. And yet there's people that always oppose it's zero one, it's yes, no. It's not you have to have discernment and distinguish between intent 
distinguish between impact? It's a different <laughs> world, and too many people are still functioning as if it was 20 or 30 years ago in these particular entertainment areas. It's totally exactly. different. So yeah. speaking of entertainment, I see you're wearing a comedy festival da, da, t-shirt. Da, 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 exactly. That's a With cool the, shirt. It, it really is. And, and I, as I laughed about we, Colleen and I, we went Wednesday night. The festival runs Wednesday to Saturday. And the only way that I can get a 3X t-shirt, being the moosey fellow that I am, is by showing up when they all have just unboxed the wares and the merch table is full and right. other big fellows like me. So we went Wednesday night. It was the best of Cleveland. A bunch of local comedians that we often see opening for the road comics at Hilarities or the Improv or something like that. And so it was a really good show. Every single comic was on. I think there were six or seven. They just, they had their best material, but some things we hadn't heard before. So it wasn't only a repeat show. And, and they just, we've had times before where some people don't handle the pressure. They fold under it. They get drunk to handle it, whatever else it might be. So there's been some tragedies. In this case, every single person was like, hey, if you're taping this, if you're here in support of us on a Wednesday night, whatever else it might be. So having said that, I really recommend Cleveland Comedy Festival. They've been running like 14 years now, I think it is. Wow. They took a year off last year, like many things did. And it just changed hands so that the, we, we got to early on, the very first time we ever went, when we got to the table to pick up our tickets, the two organizers, John and Joe, were like, let me shake your hand. We wanted to meet the guy that bought a ticket to every single show. Did I tell that story already? <laughs> no. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, but in this case, it was, we're not going to every show because we had other obligations for other nights. But I just, I love supporting local. I love supporting that these guys, it's a labor of love for them. The people that they're bringing in, if they're not like TV special comics, they did win this comedy contest. They're out of New York and they're well-known. They're, they have YouTube videos that have gotten 5 million views, but they don't have an HBO special. It's all that yeah. kind of level of stuff. They have had Todd Berry, Tammy Pascatelli, a number of big name people. But in this case, I like seeing the hungrier young comics. I like seeing the people that oh, are like, they don't know much about Cleveland, so they... Yeah riff on it and, th and that's its own kind of thing because cleveland people will talk back to you if you just <laughs> and it's at the odeon which is not a known comedy space it's a rock club that yeah. really has been shuttered for a long time so these guys were able to say hey if you turn the lights and the heat on we'll give you some shows that's they had vaccine checking at the door i we stayed masked because we're still cautious about yeah. all the things about covid there are still breakthrough cases there are still people that just it might be funny, but you didn't get vaxxed. I don't want you spraying your jokes, including your disease. All that having been said, cool shirt. Just that the uh, laugh till it hurts. A, a previous version, it was like Cleveland. How could it not be funny? So that kind of stuff. <laughs> it, it checks all of our right boxes for supporting local, supporting our friends. And Cleveland is a good comedy town. Everything that happens in New yeah. York and Chicago, where does it stop on the way in between? How about hilarities? Yep. yep. Conference, the manager of that club is really well connected. So we've just seen so many great shows over the years. It's our favorite night out. Going to see live comedy, you just hear so much truth told. You get to see so many outrageous, but smart, but cool personalities. It We love it. What's better than a good laugh? Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. Know and I mean? so oh, <laughs> uh, from years past, have you gone back and looked at some of the people that were putting on the show? that they're now bigger that they appear in more movies or anything have you seen any of that exactly and, and let me think who comes to mind so this year they had uh, jessica keenan who actually had one of the things they do at this thing is uh, a comedy showcase where they have 10 young comedians all of whom get maybe 10 minutes time but some of those break out and become that and she came back this year after having done more things like she made it you know was a character on a tv show was guests on various different opie and anthony type radio shows or how or whatever else it might be I, I don't have i wish i 
spoke truly. I'm making those things up. I don't know what, I don't remember what her exact resume is, but yeah, it's another cool thing is seeing, wow, I knew them when, let's see, Curtis, why am I coming up with his last name? He was at a number of these festivals, Accidental and Cleveland Comedy Festival, and then was like writing for the new Tim Allen show or the new, they get a break in this. I don't know that anybody has gone from here to Saturday Night Live, for instance, but a whole bunch of the resume of then they wrote for 30 Rock, then they wrote for other comedy shows, or now they're big in LA or big in New York. Jim Toos did that, moved from Cleveland to New York and, and is a regular on the circuit there. Just that, people that I really liked him and was like, well, no, I'm not going to see him as often, but who doesn't want wish success on their friends? Yeah, you know yeah, yeah. That, that, <laughs> AC Jones, that country artist that's local that I've yeah. talked about a couple of times, same thing. I said a couple of years ago, I said, she's really trying to get up. She went to Nashville, recorded an album. She got an agent. I said, we're not going to get too many concerts for free around here anymore. And this past summer, we went to her final one in the area and she moved to Nashville and she's working on getting big time. So if we see her again here for free, it'd be a miracle, but it's going to be a pay sitting in the nosebleeds. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. In Chicago, seeing Los, like Los Lobos at a club. <laughs> and then they just, just, just before the Pee Wee Herman movie came out with the dun, 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 you know, right. tequila. And wow, now they never really made it huge, big, like stadium big. But for sure, they're not just playing in a bar anymore. And right. we saw them from like you to me, if you will. You know, and yeah. you the screen. It was like, I got a little sweat off of the lead guitarist. Well, one um, of my favorite stories, and not that type of small, it became bigger. But back in the day, did you know that there was a Star Wars Christmas album? I did not. There so is. I knew there was a Star Wars Christmas special on TV. Oh, some, yeah. <laughs> some link together. I mean, that, no. That's, kind of, that's infamous as compared yeah. to. Um, well, define good, but okay, <laughs> I mean, right. it's. Yeah. Good in its genre. Uh, okay, okay, so let's put it this way. One of the best <laughs> songs on it is C-3PO singing, what do you get a Wookiee for Christmas when he already has a comb? Okay, so um, it's like Filk. It's a Filk album. Yes, exactly. Um, But listeners who don't know, Filk is a particular version of folk music that often happens at science fiction and comic book conventions (laughs) because there's all kinds of very witty fans that, and especially you know any comedy festival will have a couple Filkers, and they said they have a Highlander song, they have a Star Wars, all those kinds. Okay. <laughs> but one of the, the more known people on the album sings backup. And it was actually, he was still a teenager and he wasn't known at the time, but it was J- John Giovanni who became John Bon Jovi. How interesting is that? That's great. <laughs> yeah. His uncle was a producer and produced that album. So he got his nephew as a backup singer on the album. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, by the way, I'll recommend this. We've been to the Fump Fest a number of times. Fump, yeah. funny music project takes place in Chicago. It was birthed by, and I've mentioned this before, the Weird Al Yankovic conventions that I yes. used to go to, where someone in Chicago was just this ultra fan, and they would put on a, an Alcon, and <laughs> Weird Al came three out of the four years, and, and sometimes members of his band as well. So that kind of birthed it, and when you go to the Alcon, it had all the other funny music people that were selling their wares in the dealer room and stuff. So I have tons of cool stuff from those people. That continues to this day, and there's a whole wonderful underground of not only do you get advertised on Facebook, but for a long time on Spotify, various different, it's hard to put together, for instance, a Pandora comic music channel because it doesn't, there's no sound of comic music, right. it's Weird Al like level parodies and stuff like that. But 
boy, I just, I love Rob Paravonian. I love, there's any number of people that I've come to really, the fact that they're, I really love people who don't have a single album flash in the pan, but they've been doing it for 20 years. That sustained creativity, that wit that comes from, wow, they got songs from 20 years ago that yeah. were really when they did a parody of it. And now they got a new one where throwing toasters, a, a, a fake group <laughs> of a guy, but he always talked about how he had a band. And unfortunately, the way he'd start the show would be my bandmates. One got sick, one had a car wreck. He'd talk about why they all couldn't make it. It was like, Dirty, Stig, Nasty, and I were going to be here. but they, And oh, let's see, Worm Quartet has some of the, I seek those songs out occasionally to re-listen to them because they're so witty. And even if they got no airplay, they earwormed enough into yeah. me. I got to hear that again. It's just so well done. Um, and so just that, Pump Fest and whatever other things might be going on yeah. like that. And in the folk world, it's cool that there's still a Dr. Demento level underground you know what I mean? When they make it onto Dr. Demento, that's a huge benediction. But when does that appear? 11 o'clock on Sunday nights. Right. If it's all still carried on terrestrial radio, I don't think there's even a Dr. Demento serious channel. Yeah, so I don't there's think still so. a cool, the, the, the discovery, the thing of, oh, I know about this and most other people don't. That's its own little frisson of coolness. But I right, mean that right. you have to, by word of mouth, turn your friends onto it. Yeah. And, and so... The Fump Festival, they have an online website. You can order a lot yes. of the music from the past <clears throat> several decades. Exactly. In fact, that's almost even when it was a, I think we've not been able to make it maybe two times out of the last 10 years. And I always ordered the festival collections because they'll have really good stuff from the library bards and the, you know, uh, that kind of stuff. I, I want to hear what they had to do. The, we don't get, let's see, Bob and Tom anymore here in town. <laughs> But they're out of Indianapolis and they've been going for right. a long time and they break a lot of funny music. Yeah, and so yeah. that, Tom know, maybe is one of my favorites. There you go. Stephen Lynch, for instance. Now he's big enough to like build yeah. clubs and stuff like that. But I, and he's, let's see, not for kids. Maybe is a good way to describe him. A lot of the subject of his things and he swear a little bit and stuff, but just increasingly what wit to be able to do half a dozen albums now where every song is unique, pointed, make a good joke in three minutes. You know what I mean? It's its own craft to be able to write a perfect three minute song nowadays. It doesn't have to be an epic. It, it, you know, I, I hats off to comedy music people because they must be doing it out of love. I don't know how many people yeah. make a living doing it. One out of 10, maybe that's it's weird. Like weird Al. You know, weird Al, exactly that. But I, when you go there, everybody seems to know everybody and yet they're still accepting of us. You know what I mean, Colin? Colleen and I show up and we don't hang out with them during the course of the year. But they're, hey, welcome back, because we're a distinctive couple. The big <laughs> and we're good laughers, so we're a good audience. They don't mind us being there. So anyway. <laughs> you, you might actually have a song written about you. You just haven't heard it yet. <laughs> and that could be. exactly you know, On our uh, wedding cake, Kali managed to find a, a cake topper that was a big guy and a small bride, a big room and a small bride. And and maybe it's going to be something like that. You That's know what cool. I mean? Here comes Gigantor and uh, you know what I mean? And, and little Miss Petite. So the wedding cake that just popped in my mind. I've been doing uh, this story and video game stuff, and I'm going to be doing a, a talk at the next RG and I'm working on some other classes stuff, but there's this one program. This is something probably a lot of our listeners, all two of them would love but it's called Pixicade. It's an app, but it's also a, a set. But really all you do is white piece of paper with certain color of markers and you draw the level that you want. Black is walls. Green is your guy. Red is stuff to stay away from. Purple okay. is stuff you move. 
uh, blue is things you collect and you just draw on the paper and then okay. use the app and take a picture of it and it turns it into a moving arcade game. Playable level. Exactly. Yeah. How cool is that? So yeah. I, I was thinking of my cousin's grandson who is very mental and he's in biomed. He does, you know, loves this stuff. For his birthday, I'm going to make a rectangular cake and use icing, draw a level and have him have to find all the birthday candles to get to the birthday cake. And then I'm going to make, turn it into a game idea. and that's going to be the, the cake, but turned into yeah. a video game. So there's something customized like that. He will eat that oh. literally and figuratively. Oh you know yeah. I mean? That's, that's really well done. So okay. there I'll put a link to Pixicade. It's just one of my newer fun play toys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's uh, somehow this springs to mind. I just bought the Bard's Tale trilogy. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, through steam. And I played this a lot when I was, this is 25 going on 30 years ago. Uh, it's yeah. Got all kinds of cool things now where, you know, that code never went away. The original owners had been on a, on a disc somewhere in a code bank. Someone gets it and um, revives it so that you have to obviously change the screen resolution, change the IO, various different things. But Ultima, Bard's Tale, all kinds of other relatively good old style games that I mentioned even on Plato where I went to play Orthanc and it was like wow this is so green screen vintage and yet it <laughs> had great replayability so I played a little bit of the Bard's Tale and there's so much overhead compared to anything you're doing nowadays you really have to go in a series of menus what is each character going to do fight defend cast a spell etc yeah. but it's still got great replayability it's that it's got great playability the maze is cool the the, the kinds of creatures you have to learn what things work against the various different things. This is a thought attack versus this is just blunt force, et cetera, et cetera. And, and I just, I, and I died. Wow. I did. I forgot that those guys are like, you just had, if they cast a sleep spell and we're all human and three of my party goes down right away, or, or they charm me or something like that. I got to learn to run away. I can't yeah. just go swinging at everything. <laughs> and, and I, especially they had all the right tragedy. I had collected yeah. a whole bunch of items and a whole bunch of treasure. But before I got to, the armorer to get them identified into the guild hall so I could level up. I, I just was, this is what I remember being both frustrating, but wonderfully satisfying about when you took all that into account and did level up and did get more spell points and did get better armor as you and better weapons and stuff. All of those things early on were in any D&D game, that endless self-improvement and the endless finding of treasure and stuff. It, it is a perfect rendition of that. So once in a while, instead of going into Diablo where everything is point and click and very right. fast, that's what I was going to say. To just go back into turn-based. I love those. A room that it's not three hobgoblins, but eighty warriors, and you have to have your mind blade spell ready, or you're going to die. Right. And you have to make sure that I don't know, man. I just remember I'm happy that my memories were not false. I really was. Wow, I'm into this. I'm loving mapping. I'm loving keeping track yes. of where we are. I was I, gonna, that's I'm exactly what I was going to say. Because that's so much of run to get to where you can get healed. You can't make a false step. Yeah, You've got to be ready to run. <laughs> my my favorite series was Ultima. I loved that yes. series. And that's uh, what I was going to say. You had to map it out, if the, the dungeons, if you wanted to know where everything was because it didn't have auto mapping. There was no way that's to it. do that. Exactly. It, and people exactly. don't know that nowadays. Yeah. And you know, it's funny. I'm sure that anybody who tried playing this for the first time of the last couple generations, they really would reject it out of hand. And I could see why. It yeah. Isn't, it isn't. There's overhead associated with it that 
instead of being only wandering and learning and that kind of stuff that you had to do that, that all that work of getting graph paper and mapping out dungeons. And like when you fell down a chute and suddenly you were on level four instead of level one and the monsters are worse, it, there really was, oh my God, heart pounding type danger. Corny to say it, I know, yeah, but, it was, but man. So your maps became, the more that I have mapped out of this, the better I have a chance. Okay, take two steps. Oh, okay, that's exactly this intersection because there's a, a, a secret door over here and I can see down this way and it's only four squares that way. And you're like, okay, I know where I am. What's the <laughs> quickest path to the stairway up? And so I can see how all that would just be no appeal. Oh my God, that's boring. Oh my God, that's overhead. And yet uh, it's okay. Let them not like this. Yeah. Let them like it that I got the whole Barstale privilege for 15 bucks, five bucks a game. Yeah. Five bucks for 30 hours of gameplay. If I want to put that into it, <laughs> it's amazing. It's a bargain. <laughs> but between Steam and GOG and even the iPad, I have the same old game, like three different places bard's tale and wasteland that was another favorite of mine the exactly. original wasteland the remaster and the original <laughs> yeah and this is funny since we just talked about it each of those at least steam and guy both have you can collect your libraries together by creating an, an association between the various different services and so i've done that kind of back and forth so no matter which one i go into most of the time i'll go in to whichever one i happen to just buy something from lately right little sales will come on it's wow 70 percent off the thing i didn't want to buy for 20 bucks now it's only six i mean right. you know what i mean but having said that when i go that thank god hasn't proven to be a lot of overhead for i thought that was on steam but now i gotta go to gog um, uh, once in a while it breaks because they put out a they they change the api that links them or something like that and then each of those times there's this choice of do i really have to go through this again make sure i know my password whatever the rigmarole is of linking them, it's not that hard, but it's just overhead. But having said that, every single time I do, because I really want to have all of my stuff on one shelf to choose from instead of, right, right. I got it, there's, I know it's in three different places and et cetera, et cetera. I, so. I was extremely happy when they got the original Warcraft one and two. The, their turn-based, well, it's real-time strategy. It's not turn-based. It's real-time strategy. Right. But those things are happening while you're playing in yes. other places. That's yeah. exactly right. But yeah. I loved those, and I couldn't play them for years. And there's really not anything I found with that same feel. And they got those on GOG, and I bought them, and boom. I, yeah. One of the few times I didn't even wait for the sale. I was just like, I don't care. I, I, I want I, this. I, I, I hear you. Like, in fact, there's some that they went away and they've not been revived. Um, a guy from Spiderweb Software used to do, let me think of the name of the titles, maybe Avadon, or there was like one, there was a series of six of them. And then he started a new one that was more science-based instead of magic-based and that kind of stuff. And some of them, whatever he was doing to code it, must be so specific to uh, either Mac is or that Windows. Is that wizardry? Wizardry, exactly. That that's though some of those have never been revived. Yeah. I mean, like maybe wizardry six and on, but wizardry one through five, though that when it first came out, let's see, Richard, let's see Garfield became word enough. Sorry, was it, was was it Richard Garfield? No, uh, it's, that's it's, magic. It, but it's actually but it's something like that. Richard yeah. Gar. Anyway, it it I can see why certain things, because they were so just that making use of the existing technology at the time that in order to change them to a whole new IO structure, sometimes there'll be that layer that's running underneath, whether it was quartz or metal, or and people don't code, don't know this, there's often, it's not even an API, it's a whole 
foundation level of classes that let you not have to code every single thing on the machine, but do well, some things consistently as macro windows would have you do them. And then you can spend all your time on the creativity of your game, not how do I attach to a port and make sure that I can talk to right, my right. phone and my screen. Well, the problem is a lot of them were coded, written for very specific hardware of the time. So it's, it's exactly. got so much things in there that are yeah, not the replicatable. Fool's, the Fool's Errand and The Lost, a guy that did really cool puzzle games, they are totally broken. Once in a while, I'm like, is there a, we've talked about the power of emulation. Sometimes there's like an, on Windows with Parallels, go back to multiple previous versions of Windows and install them. So I could have a segment for each of these various different things, but then you got to find the Windows executable for that. Yeah. And sometimes they're commercially available and sometimes not. And if they're not, then sometimes it's now this is still undependable. You know, really, <laughs> I'm going to do all the. So I've experimented with a lot of that. And probably four times now, I got to some point of, man, I'm doing a lot of work just to be able to play Arkanoids. I <laughs> for... just don't care enough about this. <laughs> right. For you know two what minutes. I, mean? I just can't. And, right. and, I'm, and I was thinking while I'm doing it, I'm learning so much. I'm learning about how just that, all the foundation classes and, and emulation, all that kind of stuff. And then once in a while, so this should work, but it doesn't. And the troubleshooting here is just not worth it. Yeah. It's just not. You know I, did, I, mean? <laughs> I did the same thing. I was uh, trying to get a couple programs to work on my Mint Linux, and they worked fine on my laptop. But then I was trying to get them to work on my VMware install of it here on my desktop. Couldn't get it. Couldn't get it. It turned out to be. I downloaded uh, like the 64-bit, but I was running 32-bit. 32. And, exactly. and that makes a big difference on Linux, not so much on Windows anymore. But Right, right. And, and even, I don't know, over the course of time, big Endian versus little Endian, that's how you do memory addressing. And that they have shifted from platform to platform and even within versions of Windows and that kind of stuff. And, and so I, when it got to that where it's, wow, this is like absidic instead of ASCII. You know what I mean? I just, I'm right. not willing to do all the pain of figuring out how do I make it use old Unicode when that's not easily found anymore. Right. You know what I mean? Or, yeah. or if it is, it's unsupported. And if I have problems, I have nowhere to go to. Uh, you know what I mean? I right. Just, I don't, I, sometimes I don't mind looking at old hash tables and stuff like that and figuring out. And once in a while, I just want to like the guy and say, I know that you're now 65, but when you used to do this, what did you do? I right. actually had some interesting conversations about that where a developer that no longer manages it, but I, I know him, can you give me some clue as to what I could try here? And he's like, wow, just hats off to you for even making the attempt. Yeah, let's talk this through. I agree. Hey, I hate to cut this short, but right before we started, I had a meeting invite that I've got to get to now. I'm going to have to jump off here. We're a session because we, we had a very full week, the both of us. Yes. So, okay. And I, I know you said that you're um, busy some days next week. So let's look at which work for you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, probably later in the week again. And then it's Thanksgiving. So uh, exactly. well, that'll be a good. We still week. have lots of thought talk about. In fact, that's oh. kind of, you know, I won't keep you from your meeting. There's, I want to talk about the Wired conference that I went to. I oh, yes. And investing. I, I, even a little bit more about comedy. Went to see some Rich Scheidner comedy lectures that were really cool. He's very knowledgeable. And it's so cool to have a guy who's got 40 years in the field talk about it. Talk yeah. about everybody that he's worked with and all the clubs he's been. And uh, I bought a book of his called Kicking Through the Ashes. That's just, man, I've been to many of these clubs. I've seen many of these comedians. It's cool to get that little kind of not gossipy, but background on. So that's what was going on then. There really was a war in LA. <laughs> yeah. These two comedy clubs, they had exclusives. And I know I'm keeping you. 
So, it's been always a pleasure. We'll, and, yes, uh, we'll catch up on. Yeah. I'll add it to the list of things we haven't got to yet. Absolutely, exactly. <laughs> All right, man. <laughs> and the eternal. Didn't talk about the eternal. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that. Oh, I better mark that down. All right, okay. <laughs> later. All right, take care, Stephen. You have been listening to the Relentless Geekery podcast. Come back next week and join Alan and Stephen's conversation on geek topics of the week.